Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truths of responding to the call of God. The call of God upon a person's life, I do not believe can be missed by the person. But I do believe that you can choose not to answer the call. But you will choose to not answer the call knowing that you've been called. But he won't force you to obey, to respond. That is a personal choice. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Since God's qualifications for service to His kingdom are much less due to our ability than that of our availability, then Jesus' choosing of the Twelve Apostles makes for excellent confirmation of His willingness to begin using us right where He finds us. And today, Pastor Xavier begins another Simple Truths character study of one such diamond in the rough, as he highlights today the ministry of the Apostle James. Let's listen. The basic principle for excellence is to have the best and do the best in order to do better than others. This applies to everything in life, be it in athletics, in the selling of a product, or in the, the quest for the cancer cure. You want the best. The common ground to all of these is that you want qualified individuals to get the job done. This means several things. First, there must be qualifications to meet the ability for the task. Secondly, there must be commitment, a willingness to give one's all. Thirdly, there must be enthusiasm, a spirit of passion. Fourthly, there must be unity, a sense of team spirit, knowing you are one of many others. And fifth, there must be a willingness to sacrifice many things in view that the task is top priority. Now, God equally has many of the same qualifications for men and women, which he calls. But his approach is a little bit different. Knowing man does not have these qualities in and of himself, but rather that God can bring them to pass if the individual yields to the conditions of God. And there's the key. Clay in the hands of the potter. These are the type of people that God uses in raw material. Lost people who are willing to be found. Sinners willing to be saints. Imperfect people who can trust the perfect one. Weak people who will depend on God to be strong. Fearful people who will obey in faith as fearless. You see, the entire potential is in him and him alone. These are the type of men Jesus called to be his 12 disciples. He was not so concerned with what they were in and of themselves 
but what he could make of them. He was not trusting in their ability in as much as their availability to him. He was not looking for glory hogs, but those who could yield to reveal his glory. He was not overestimating their flesh as much as he was valuing his own spirit. It all draws us and points us to him. We're the vessel. For this reason, God has put in this treasure in this earthen vessel that the power and the excellency may be a God and out of ourselves, Paul tells the Corinthians. In view of this, as we've seen in our character study, and we've seen the first two of the, the inner circle, we've seen Peter and Andrew using Matthew's order in Matthew 10, 2-4. We want to look now at the third apostle, James. And once again, we want to look at him through three lenses. First, the man James. Then, the call of James. And then, the apostle James. The man James, his name means surplanter. It's really the Hellenist form of the name Jacob. Now, James is not to be confused with the other men who are called James in the New Testament. We are looking at James, the third of the four in the inner circle, the apostles, and again, using the order of Matthew, Matthew 10, 2 specifically, with James here, but it goes down to verse 4. The other ones are Mark chapter 3, verse 17, Luke 6, 14, and of course, Acts 1, 13. Now, in two of the four lists, James is listed next to Peter. Some of the other James that we see in Scripture is James, the son of Alphaeus. He is the, in the third group of the apostles that we have here in Matthew. He's down there in verse 3 of Matthew 10. Remember when we first did the first study of the first apostle? There's three groups of fours. All four lists... The person who's the leader always ends up as the first of the four listings. But the ultimate leader is Peter. Never to be interpreted as a respecter of person, but a decision of wisdom. Very important. There is James the less. The description less most likely is in reference to a stature without any derogatory connotation. I'm always interested and amazed how many hang-ups Americans have about nicknames that perhaps might have a negative or derogatory because that's the way we think. But in other cultures, nicknames are given to people that are really forms of endearment and love. And when we hear them as Americans, we go, I wouldn't want that name. But in that culture, it's, it's, it's an endearment. It's nothing at all. And yet, as we see many times, those people were named after their personality, conditions they were born under, 
or even sometimes names prophetic of what God would do in them. Now, the home of James. James was one of the two sons of Zebedee, the other being John, often called John the Beloved. John is often called the brother of James, reinforcing the fact that he was the older and most likely indicating that he was the leader, as we'll see with other things. James, on the other hand, is called the brother of John in the book of Acts. But most likely it's due to the fact that John was a pillar of the church in Galatians 2.9. But the gospel puts James and says, the brother of James, John. So James is the older, most likely. James' mother is believed to have been Salome, the sister of Mary. There we go again, the intricate relationships. Mary, the mother of Jesus, which means that they probably were cousins to Jesus as much as John the Baptist was. James was a fisherman along with his brother John, as you know. And his father had a business, as we've seen through our study of Peter. Matthew 4.18 tells us that the family business was prosperous and they had servants and boats. Mark 1.20 tells us that. The partnership, again, was with Peter and Andrew, other two brothers that we've seen in Luke 5.10. James' father, Zebedee, was a man of social position to an extent because you remember John and his gospel? When Jesus was betrayed, he was able to go into the court. But Peter couldn't. But then it says, but John knew the high priest, so they let Peter in. So his father must have had a good social position. He wasn't just a stinking fisherman. <laughs> God ties all the things together for the things he needs. I'm always amazed. You find that, by the way, in John eighteen fifteen. Now, the brother of James, John. James and John, again, like Peter and Andrew, are different, but are identified with more similarities, at least from the scriptures that are given to us. Both were disciples of the Lord. Both were chosen to be apostles of the Lord. Both are unique and were unique in the purposes and the will of God. And yet different. And yet so much the same. I think the very list of apostles is an incredible proclamation of the diverse and even at times contrary personalities. In the list of Matthew here, we have Matthew, the tax collector, who was considered a traitor to the Jews for he was extracting taxes from his own people. And in the very same group of the twelve, you have Simon the Zealot, who had pledged by his oath to kill anybody who did anything against the Jews and the nation of Israel. And Jesus has the nerve to call them both and make them one. 
I would imagine the first time Simon the Zealot met Matthew, he just eyed him. I don't think he went right up to him and said, Oh, praise God, brother. I don't think he did that at all first. These guys were just raw material. <laughs> the Bible portrays all kinds of individuals of mankind as types of James. All of us, really, to an extent. All of us are planners. Jacob-type individuals that are always attempting to do things their own way. That's what he has to work with with all of us when he calls us. We're so used to doing things our own way and, and to having our own way and to, and to having our way. And God has the nerve to call us to be his. This is the natural man. The Lord calls us to change us into those who are governed by God. From being a Jacob to Israel. Governed by God. That's his desire. The important thing to remember about individuals from the same family, since we're studying these guys, is that they're like the members of the body, your body and mine. They are related, but not the same. This hand is related to the foot, but they're not the same. They don't even look the same, and they have different functions. The nose and the ear are related. But if you put them side by side, they look nothing alike. And so the same with the individuals of family. Too often the constant comparison by others misses the giftedness of each individual. Sometimes parents do that. Why don't you be more like your brother? Why would you want to be that? Now, I understand if they're talking about being obedient or doing the right thing. But even in that, we have to have a different approach as parents so that we don't provoke one against the other. We have to be careful. At other times, if distinctiveness is not recognized by the family members that are called, rivalry and envy can hinder the work of God which he really intended to be a complementing mode. Often the two, though they're different, they're called as one. Moses and Aaron. Here we have James and John. I think that when Jesus sent them out two by twos, I think James and John went together. I think Peter and Andrew went together. This was the man James. Now, let's look at the call. The call of James. We turn to Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through 22. The call of James came at the Sea of Galilee. In verses 18 and 19, Jesus had just called two brothers as he was walking by the Sea of Galilee. Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, and they were casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. He said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him, verse 20 says. Going on from there, he saw 
two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. In the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, he called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. Jesus is making his round through the Sea of Galilee. Jesus has already ministered to some of these guys. You remember, Andrew was the first. John was with him. Andrew went and got Peter, brought him to Jesus. Now here comes James. Notice secondly here that the call of James at the Sea of Galilee is brought to full color by the parallel passages in the other Gospels. Let me show you what I mean. In Mark chapter 1, verse 20, Mark only adds the fact that they had hired servants, which again gives us supplementary information that these guys were well off. Often we think that the disciples were all poor. Not so. I would imagine, we haven't gotten to Matthew yet, but he must have had some bucks. Four of these guys were in business. Four. That's five. You exclude Judas. Fifty percent of them had bucks. Luke's gospel, in chapter 5, verse 3 through 11, tells us that it was when the boats were standing by the lake and they were washing their nets when the call came in verse 3 through 11. Notice in verse 4, Jesus told Peter to launch out into the deep and let down his nets for a catch. You're familiar with the scenario. In verse 5, Peter did what he was commanded reluctantly. Listen, Lord, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Very politely, under his breath, saying, what do you know about fishing? I'm a professional fisherman. All right, I'll humor you. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. Verse 7, Peter and Andrew signaled to their partners in the other boats to help them. They came and filled the boats, and they began to sink. And so in verse 8, Peter, as you know, fell at his knees, confessing that he was a sinful man, pleading that the Lord depart from him. When Peter saw what was happening, the Spirit of God cut his heart. Cut his heart. If it wasn't the Spirit of God, Peter would have been, whoa, look at all that money, get that fish. He was cut to the heart because he knew what he had said in his heart when he told him to let the nets down. He was convicted. Verse 9 and 10, all were amazed, as well as the sons of Zebedee. And Jesus told them, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. These were fishermen. He told the sons of Zebedee, James and John, don't be afraid. Real simple exegetical principle. When the Bible says don't be afraid, guess what they were? Afraid. How interesting. They knew the person they were standing before was not just a mere man. They knew that he was a creator of the entire universe. 
He was the Messiah. Notice verse 11. They brought their boats in to the land, and they forsook all and followed him. The call came. He gave evidence to substantiate the call. And they could not deny it. They answered the call. Remember that John and Andrew were the first two to come to Jesus as John the Baptist pointed them to the Lamb of God in John 1, 35 through 40. We studied that. Andrew brought Peter to Jesus, telling him that they have found the Messiah in John 1, verse 41 and 42. James apparently was not present. Perhaps he was here in Galilee working. And his call appears now here in Galilee. The first call recorded at the second call of the others. Interesting that Jesus called one brother of each family first to be the catalyst for the other. The four make up the first group of the inner circle. The call of James is like the one of Peter and Andrew, of call of internship and apprenticeship. The call of God upon a person's life, I do not believe can be missed by the person. I'm often asked, I don't know if I'm called. Well, then you probably aren't. Listen, God's been calling men for thousands of years. And you know what? He's always gotten through. They've always known that he's called them. So I do not believe you can miss the call of God. And I'm not talking or limiting the call just to full-time ministry. I'm talking about when he calls you to do something as part of his church. But I do believe that you can choose not to answer the call. That I do believe. But you will choose to not answer the call knowing that you've been called. That's very important. Did Jonah know he was called? Did Balaam know he was told not to go? Of course. Why? Because he's the creator. And when God speaks, he pulls your ear and makes sure you hear but he won't force you to obey, to respond. That is a personal choice. You know, it's true that there are two sides to the call. God's and man's. Your choice on the call of God for your life will determine your future. How it's going to go way God has purposed it and willed it or the way you want it to go kind of heavy isn't it we know that God has the best for us but sometimes we think that he doesn't know what he's doing and those are the dangerous times those are the crises remember that the Chinese character for crises is made up of two words danger and opportunity danger if I choose my own will. Opportunity, if I choose God's. It's just that simple. 
Well, many challenges in life do pare down to just the simple truth. Pastor Xavier Reese has been leading us through another character study, and this one highlighting the servant of God and apostle, James. And there's much more of this message to come next time. But if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, as always, you can pick up a copy. And the title you want to ask for is simply James. It's available on CD for only $4. And this might be a study you'd like to pass on to someone in your church or Bible study when you're through. Now, once again, the title to ask for is James, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make a request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 